everyone's like, you know, you should love yourself at every size. And it's like, well, I did, but I was just really sick and not feeling really good. (laughs) I didn't feel good at 187 pounds and I didn't want to be that way. So I made changes. I, I didn't hate myself. I didn't think there was something horribly wrong with me. I just knew that this wasn't where I wanted to be. You're listening to Mom After Hours, a podcast where we talk about the wins and challenges of being a modern mom. For real, we don't sugarcoat and we cover everything that is taboo. And don't you worry, mama, we save a seat for you. Hey, it is Brandy Wyattrack, host of Mom After Hours, where modern moms talk taboo topics. And today we're talking a little bit about the body positivity movement. It was started with positive intentions. However, now it kind of has this all or nothing mentality. And there's no room for anybody who is trying to find their way with body positivity, but they might be still struggling with the diet culture or if they still want to lose weight, then you're not considered body positive. Or if you want to make changes to your life that have no link to diet culture, but it ends up causing you to lose weight, you're not a body positive person. And I think that now it's kind of developed into this reverse body shaming. And I was actually inspired to do this episode because of Rebel Wilson's journey with weight loss this year and how she just received so many naysayers for making this year her year of health and making the decision to lose weight. So I brought on Jennifer Nagel. She is a 40-something former executive turned fitness pro And she is going to talk to us a little bit about the fact that we can still want to lose weight and be body positive. We can still set a good example and embrace ourselves and love ourselves, but still want to change. Her practical advice has been featured in My Fitness Pal, Pop Sugar Fitness, and Thrive Global, among others. She was such a joy to talk with. And we talk about the 90s and diet culture. We talk about the war on obesity. We talk, of course, about body positivity, what all that means. And losing weight should not feel taboo. And there are healthy reasons that someone may want to lose weight. So mamas, stick around. You are going to want to listen to this episode because Jennifer is amazing. Let's dig in. In the early 90s, so I'm a, I'm a kid of the 90s. I graduated high school in the mid-90s. And I remember all of the that George Michael video Freedom 90. Do you remember that when they had all the supermodels in there? Oh, yeah. Everybody was, you know, dancing around and, you know, freedom. (laughs) And I remember thinking, gosh, I don't look like any of those women. And, and then the look at that time, as you got a little bit further into the 90s, like, you know, mid 90s, 94, whatever was that heroin chic waif look. And then everybody in the mid 90s was focused on losing weight. Everything was like fat free or carb free. And, you know, everyone was going from like this healthy size four or six as actresses, the people I saw on TV. And then all of a sudden we were introduced to size zero, which I'd never heard of before. And so I remember being a kid during that time, wondering like, what is the right size? And I remember thinking even as a kid, like, am I too big? Am I too small? And a lot of my friends were going on these diets because that's what the celebrities were doing. And, 
you know, I heard about the master cleanse and the cucumber diet. And I knew a lot of those were all hokey pokey, phony baloney stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> my mom I, did you know, those but, too. <laughs> yeah. But I, I remember my parents having the books like Fit for Life. And they were really, my parents are also into health or they definitely were at the time. And so I remember seeing a lot more of those books appear in the house. And everybody was just so obsessed with food and diet. And some people talk about it in terms of health, but then you saw the whole celebrity side where everybody was just getting real thin. And so that's what I remember that that video and then all the actors in that time, like I think remember the show Allie McBeal mm-hmm. and there was so much controversy over how small those actresses were getting. And then that just became the norm. So yeah, that's that's what You're I remember. Right. No, I so I grew up in the nineties too. I mean, I was born in the eighties, but most of yeah, the nineties were definitely my years. And I remember Kate Moss and I remember the yes. CK one, the Calvin Klein cologne <laughs> ad where, you know, she was like waif-like and in her jeans and her jeans are falling off her and she's wearing this white t-shirt. She looked very frail. And I remember being in like fifth, sixth grade and seeing this in my YM magazine. Do you remember that magazine? YM? Yes, young, <laughs> young and modern. Yeah. Young I remember, I remember seeing those Ooh. ads and I've never been a small person. I've always been curvy and I've always been the tallest one out of all my friends. So like when I would see those ads in my, you know, teen magazines or preteen magazines, I would be like, holy shit, I look nothing like this girl. And and it's true that at that point in time, it was just focused on being as small and and thin as possible. And a lot of my friends in like middle school, they were all dieting and they were like so thin. They were very thin. But yeah. with seeing those in the magazines, it makes you think that, you know, you're you're inadequate. But I remember trying to be as thin as they were and they're like four inches shorter than me. And I'm like, okay, I've got to weigh <laughs> this amount. Otherwise, boys won't like me or I've got to look this certain way or otherwise I'm not considered pretty. But yeah, I remember that so loud and clear. Yeah. And imagine listeners can't see me, but I'm black. So to also look different and have a, you know, different body type. And I was short and muscular and stocky with big legs. And that's kind of what my whole family looked like. And we were all healthy. And looking back at it, I was completely healthy. But when you don't see people who look like you, it's like, whoa. And then when you see people who don't look like you, who are also like, and I'm not good enough too. (laughs) You're like, holy crap, I must be way, way off. So yeah, it, it was, it was definitely something that I was exposed to early. And I always thought, I always wondered if I was the oddball out because it just seemed like everybody already looked so much different than I did. And then I was bigger than everyone else. And gosh, is there something wrong with me? Everybody else is dieting. Should I be dieting too? <laughs> yeah. No, you're, you're, that's a good point. And that you bring up color because that, I feel like the cultural impact on your body too makes a difference. Because I remember like, so I grew up partly in Oregon and partly in California. And a lot of my friends in California were black. And when I hung out with them, I felt so good about my body because I felt like, so I'm the same kind of body style as you are. I mean, I'm a little bit taller, but I've got the thick legs. I've always had a bubble butt. I was teased growing up, bubbles. Everybody called me bubble butt brandy. Oh, you could put something on that ass and stuff. And in yeah. my little white friends, they're like, we're supposed to be skinny and you're not supposed to have a bubble butt. You're not supposed to be thick. You're supposed to be this little Kate Moss. But when I was around my black friends, they're like, girl, you got a nice button, you know, and all of them are kind of built like me. And I felt so good to see 
my body type being represented and appreciated and love. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until Kim Kardashian and JLo made like big yes. thing that I actually started feeling more confident about having a bubble butt. Yeah, my now friend, people are trying to buy what you have. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's but yeah, it's interesting how culture plays into the viewing of a woman's body. So many years ago, our government funded this huge war on obesity. You'd see it all over the news about, you know, eating healthy and you've got to eat from the five food groups. But also with that healthy initiative, it kind of brought a lot of shame to heavier people. They were um, being more stereotyped, shamed. They were being harassed. How do you think the war on obesity has impacted women's responses to dieting and losing weight today? Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because I just think sometimes in our culture and maybe, you know, the, this, the, the war on obesity piece kind of amplified that. We always, want, we always want to put someone in a box. You have to be this or this. If you're not healthy, you're unhealthy. And yes, obesity is, um, you know, can obviously lead to health issues. But I think when you talk about a war on obesity, it makes the other person who's obese feel like the enemy. And so it's, it was difficult. And I think it still is difficult to be overweight in today's society or obese in today's society, because many of us grew up thinking like, this is something that is wrong. If you're overweight, there's something wrong with you. I mean, and there are lots of reasons that people gain weight. I mean, I've been, I've been 40 pounds heavier than I am right now. There's nothing horrible about me. There's just stuff that happened and I gained weight. And I think it's been very difficult. And I have friends who are at all parts of the spectrum for weight and it is difficult. It's very, very difficult. And I do think that there is a lot of body shaming out there. Um, There's certainly a lot of fat shaming and now we've got shaming at all sizes. (laughs) So it seems like um, we're always trying to put somebody in this really specific mold. And if you're not quote normal, if you're not healthy, whatever that means, then there's something wrong with you. And so I've seen it happen with people who are overweight, but I've also seen it when people are underweight. So you, you know, we talked about the waif look that was in in the 90s. Now, those people who are excessively thin, for whatever reasons, are like, oh my gosh, you're, you know, you're too skinny, eat a burger. And I've seen that kind of, you know, back and forth online, and it's really messed up. Like, you can't just let people be who they are. And, you know, you have no idea what kind of private or personal background these individuals have yet somehow in this, you know, day of social media and all this other stuff, people feel empowered and encouraged to spew whatever crap that they want to spew to other people. So, you know, I I feel like it's just like a lot of things. I think that there was a, um, there's a lot of positivity in why people wanted to have a war on obesity, because, you know, if you do look at the data and the numbers, we have a lot of obesity related illnesses that impact people's long-term health and nobody wants that. But the how you go <laughs> addressing it, it almost makes the assumption that if you're if you're overweight, if you are above this certain thing, if you're considered obese, then there's something wrong. We gotta get you, you know, this whole war thing. Um, it, it's it's negative. It's negative, and it makes the person who might be trying to make some good healthy changes feel like. I think it, 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 it starts you off on such a poor note. I mean, there's something wrong with me. I have no willpower. 
Uh, and that's a lot of times what I hear from my clients. And it's like, no, you know, we're talking about habits. There's medical stuff involved. I mean, there's a lot of things that contribute to why somebody may have gained weight. Maybe somebody passed away in their family. Maybe they were depressed. Maybe they have surgery, you know, maybe they had a baby and it was just their body's different now. I mean, there's just so many reasons why people are all different parts of the spectrum. And just to, to, to target folks and make it seem like you are wrong or a horrible person because you can't lose weight is, is not quite the way I would have gone. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. And you, you made me think about the late Chadwick Boseman, how, you know, mm. he had a private health issue that he was dealing with and he had cancer and he was losing weight rapidly and the media and his followers were attacking him for losing all of this weight. And, you know, he used to be, he was buff for, you know, a lot of his movies and they were attacking him saying, you know, you're setting a bad example and why are you letting yourself get like this? But it's like, just like you mentioned, it's like, you don't know what these people are dealing with. He was fighting cancer. He was going through some Mm -hmm. deeply personal private matters and people are just quick to judge and just, you know, they see somebody who's a certain size, whether it's thin or large or whatever, and they feel like that they can just say whatever they want. And it's like, people, mm-hmm. come on, we all have our own, we have our own lives. We've got our own stories there. We have our own reasons for why we are the way that we are, or the size that we are. And it's mm-hmm. like, people just need to stop hiding behind these computers and attacking people and just build each other yeah. up. It's like, why? Yeah, it's, it's such a hard thing to, to watch too. Cause it's like, I see people on the internet just attacking people for not just being large, but you know, if they want to lose weight, then, you know, that's a bad thing if you want to lose weight, which brings mm-hmm. me to my next thought. It's like about the body positivity movement, you know, according mm-hmm. to the interwebs um, and, you know, different experts, they say that body positivity can mean anything from, accepting your flaws, to being happy with your body, to fighting for the visibility and acceptance of larger bodies. And for some, that movement is no longer welcoming or inclusive. And although this movement might have started with good intentions, the body positivity movements have also contributed to a stigma surrounding women losing weight and women who are wanting to lose weight for whatever reason it's their fucking life they whatever reason they it is that they want to lose weight but you know they're sharing their journey and they're getting such negative reactions when they are announcing that they want to lose weight and a lot of us are doing it for accountability, like not just myself, you know, I have a lot of friends and, you know, I see movie stars, you know, like Rebel Wilson and they're, they're putting their journey out there because they want everyone to kind of help keep them accountable, but people are just attacking them. Have you seen some of those (laughs) negative reactions or what do you think about, about that? Yes. I've, I've seen it across the board. I've even experienced it personally or, you know, and it's not always this like outward negativity or, you know, and I think it's one of those well-meaning things. And first, you know, body positivity, I think the, the gist behind it is very strong and it's very empowering to love yourself, no matter what you look like, which hopefully, you know, whether you're trying to adapt different behaviors or become healthier, you still want to love and appreciate yourself. Or if you have stretch marks, you got stretch marks, it's not a big deal. So I think a lot of those tenants are great. I think when it gets out of control is when I see people who have very narrowly defined body acceptance, like 
if I'm overweight, you're going to stay that way. And this is what's right. And if you want to change, then there's something wrong with you. You don't love yourself. And I do follow Rebel Wilson online. She's hilarious. I love her. I've always loved her in all her movies. I think she's just an amazing, fun individual. And hopefully one day we'll be best friends. But, um, you know, she announced earlier this year that this was her year of health. And, you know, her followers or whomever were commenting were half like, oh, you go girl. And the other half were like, it was a lie this whole time. <laughs> like, like she wasn't allowed to, to want to make changes in her life. Like we were not allowing her to do that. And one of the quotes that I saw was everything you said about body acceptance was a lie. And I'm like, wow, really? Wow. Because she decided that, you know, and she said very clearly, this is my year of health. And, and for her health meant losing weight. And people were like, oh, she can't, she couldn't just want to lose weight. Am I thinking, yeah, it's, you're right. It's none of our effing business. Why <laughs> she yeah. wanted to do that. And then I'll share a personal story. Um, I'm a, I'm a trainer and I, for a while did competitive bodybuilding. So I was quite small, a very muscular, I was very lean and, you know, like a lot of bodybuilders, I got breast implants. And which was a horrible decision because I had nothing but health issues. Everything was out of whack, hormones out of control, blood pressure out of control. I felt sick all the time. And I gained a lot of weight during that 18 or so months of my illness. And I'm a trainer, you know, I'm working out, I'm coaching people telling you I can help you lose weight. And I topped out at my heaviest and just, I'm about five, I'm not quite five foot four, but I'm almost five foot four. And I was almost 190 pounds. So I, when I literally uh, just a couple days ago posted, because um, I, I like being very transparent about my own personal journey. I think it's important to let people know that, hey, this is, this is what the reality is for most of us. We're not always, you know, our bodies change throughout the years for whatever reason. So I posted three pictures of myself. I posted one when I was still competing. I posted a picture of me at my heaviest and I posted a picture of me now. And the underlying, everyone was generally positive, but everyone's like, well, you looked good then too. And, and it's kind of like, you can't want to change without somehow there's something being wrong with wanting to change, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everyone's like, you should, you know, you should love yourself at every size. And it's like, well, I did, but I was just really sick and not feeling really good. <laughs> I didn't feel good at 187 pounds and I didn't want to be that way. So I made changes. I, I didn't hate myself. I didn't think there was something horribly wrong with me. I just knew that this wasn't where I wanted to be, but it's that, it's that underlying assumption that I think where, where some people have hijacked a really good thing with body positivity, it's this underlying assumption that if you want to change in any kind of way, if you want to get a nose job, if you want to lose a couple pounds, if whatever, then it's not okay to do that. Because if you don't love yourself exactly the way you are and you want to change, there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And my thing is where I feel most empowered, even when I got my breast implants, it wasn't that I hated myself. I felt empowered that, hey, if I want to do something, I'm a woman, I can afford it. Yay. <laughs> do yeah. that thing. And, and that was very empowering to me. Now, looking back from for health purposes, it was a terrible decision, but um, you know, I liked myself just as much before implants as I did after. So it's, it's just one of those things that I feel has been a little bit hijacked. And I love some of the people in 
who are trainers and dietitians. Some of them are my colleagues and I love them and I know that they are well-intentioned. But sometimes when what I find though is people who want to work with me to lose weight, they're almost scared to tell me I want to lose weight because they're like, well, I just want to be healthy. I want longevity. And I'm like, okay, and, and (laughs) I know it's almost like you got to pull it out of folks. And it's like, it's totally fine to want to lose weight. If that's what makes you feel good. If that's, if that'll improve your health, longevity, energy, you know, it's fine. And that's, to me, that's, that's body positivity too, to love yourself now and still love yourself. If you drop 10 pounds, if that's what you want. Yes, I totally agree. And I think sometimes when people say that, like, you know, just love yourself, appreciate yourself. Sometimes I don't know if they meet it as like a backhanded compliment, like, oh no, like you were mentioning how when you had, um, were trying to lose weight and they're like, oh no, you looked great then. Are you, you know, you look fine. And it's like, I get that with, you know, with my friends and family, like, oh no, I want to lose a little bit of weight. Oh, Brandy, you're fine. It's like, no, I'm, I'm not fine. I'm not fine. It's like, you're not there in the bathroom with me when I'm weighing myself and I'm having a breakdown because I can't fit any of my clothes or when my husband wants to have sex and bright ass lighting. And I'm like, oh fuck no, I don't want you to see me. <laughs> so it's like, we all have, it's hard because people, they just see something and then they just comment, but they, they don't think about the backstory. They don't think about just, you know, what a person has gone through. They're just like throwing their words at them and whatever. But I think that we need to be more supportive of everyone and women more especially because, you know, we, we're already, we got too much on our plate. We're already battling and dealing with too much. We need more support, whether that's supporting our goal in wanting to become more healthier so that we can play longer with our kids or be outside and run around with them or whatever the reason is. And it's hard because we shouldn't have to justify that to everyone. And I feel like we always have to justify why we feel the way that we do. And it's hard to not just be like, I want to fucking lose weight because I want to fucking look good in my pants. So stop bitching at me Mm -hmm. because I'm talking about losing weight. And no, I'm not condemning other people who are are heavier than me or plus size or whatever. It's like, no, I, I love and appreciate all bodies. And for me, it's like, whatever the woman wants to do with her damn body, that's her prerogative. And if if she feels good at, at size four, good for her. If she feels good at size 30, good for her. It's all about, it's her fucking life. And that's the thing that's such a challenge for me is that I am such an outspoken person and I like Rebel. I wish I was more like her, but (laughs) I was, I made my (laughs) fitness journey public for a while. And then I just kept getting so many people like bashing me and I'm like, dude. And and what's funny is a lot Mm -hmm. of it's like your person, like your friends and family. I mean, yes, strangers do it a lot too, but it's like a lot of it are the people that are closest to you. And they're like, no, you know, why are you doing this? And you're fine. Or your husband loves you the way that you are. I'm like, I don't give a fuck if my husband loves me the way that I do. I don't love myself the way that, and that is more important to me. Okay. (laughs) But, you know, I I agree with you that losing weight should not feel taboo. And I know that you alluded to some of the healthy reasons we may want to lose weight. What are some of the other reasons? You know, I'll talk to you about some of the reasons my clients give me. One of the ones is, hey, I want to be in the best shape that I can because I want to have a baby, you know, and I I don't want to be carrying extra weight and putting a lot of stress on my body. Um, Some people, again, they they just don't feel good. They, They may have adopted some 
coping habits. I mean, COVID is, <laughs> I think the wine industry is like doing very well these days. <laughs> so mm-hmm. maybe they've overconsumed and, and they just feel kind of like, and they're not able to do the things that they want to do anymore. Um, definitely a lot of health reasons because, you know, there's certainly data that shows that increased weight or obesity can contribute to, you know, cardiac disease and, um, diabetes and the big major diseases that we don't really want high blood pressure. And so there are a lot of health reasons there. I had a client who's just like, you know what? I see my parents, my dad plays tennis all the time, you know, and he's in his like seventies or eighties, or I can't remember exactly how old he was, but he's an older gentleman. And she's like, I just want that for me. So I want to be taking care of myself now. And and be strong and lean. So when I get older, I'm playing tennis and I'm not being wheeled around in a wheelchair. So they're all very personal. I think that's the thing that I've noticed. It's like, they're personal. And 90% of the time, it's not. And of course, the other one, we sometimes we just want to look good. And there's nothing wrong with that. Now, if you become obsessive to the point where you know, you have disordered eating or disordered exercise habits, I mean, of course, nobody's, you know, supporting. Nobody wants you to go that far, but there is absolutely nothing wrong with saying, Hey, I just, I want my ass to be like popping in my, my jeans and Ah. I want to look really good. (laughs) Or I want to, you know, that guy who dumped me in high school, I'm going to my reunion. I just want to have my, you know, awesome red dress on. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that either. And, and that's fine. I think, you know, when you ask me the question about one obesity and why that was so bad, it's because it put people in a box. You were either right or wrong. And to me, some of the diehard militant thinking on the side of body acceptance is the exact same way. It's just the other side of the spectrum. Now it's like, if you want to change anything, you are wrong. So I think the key is like, let's just stop putting people in these boxes and take people as they are. And if they're just because they're doing something you wouldn't do doesn't make them wrong. It just makes them an individual. So, you know, I, yeah, because I like being muscular. I like having muscles and gosh, I can't tell you how many private messages I get about how women shouldn't look like me or that I shouldn't lift heavy weights or that I'm going to hurt myself or, you know, your arms are too big. And it's kind of like, I. I I like myself just fine. So I'm just yeah. gonna keep doing what I'm doing. So um, yeah, I just think it's that whole let's let's take people out of the box. Let's let people define their own reasons why they might want to lose weight or make health changes, and just respect them as long as they're not hurting someone else or really causing true harm to themselves. And why why should we be commenting? Amen, Jennifer. Amen. So you mentioned that you used to be 40 pounds heavier than uh, what you are now. Mm-hmm. Is that what inspired you to get into fitness coaching or what kind of led you down that track? <laughs> oh, yeah. I wish it was all that, you know, neat and pat, but it wasn't. I, um, you know, rewind a decade or so and I went through a divorce. So I became a single parent and um, going through a divorce in my early 30s, literally had to start over. And um, it sounded great, but I got a promotion, which I was like, yes, I got a promotion, but it was so stressful. So I literally changed my entire life. I moved from my beautiful home to a dinky little apartment, trying to make it work with this, you know, single parent of a four year old girl who had no clue what was going on with her parents, starting a, a brand new job in a highly stressful environment. 
And I, like many people, tried to be superwoman and I did not <laughs> make it. So I was living off of like diet Dr. Pepper and peanut butter and no sleep. I was just not taking care of myself. And I was someone who always liked exercise and fitness and nutrition. It's what my educational background was. It's the stuff that I did in my free time. And in like a short period of time, I'd say about six to nine months, I went from being healthy and active to overweight, stressed out, not sleeping. And then I was diagnosed with high blood pressure. I was 31. And being a 31 year old diagnosed with a, you know, what I call an old lady disease. And I know that that's not true, but I just, I just had this image of my grandmother yeah. and all these pills. And I'm yeah. just like, Oh my gosh, I have to take pills. And they kept saying, you know, are you, do you drink? Do you smoke? I'm like, no, they're like, well, you'll just have to take these for the rest of your life. And I was like, what? So I'm like, Damn, something no. had to change. I was like, well, at this, I'm not doing this. So I'm like, something had to change. It was just a wake up call because my current lifestyle, I couldn't keep doing that to myself. And all the people that I was bending over backwards to please, like my, my, you know, be a good parent and do all the right mom stuff and survive after this divorce and be strong and be really great executive at work. I couldn't do that. So I had to start paying attention to myself. So I got back into all the stuff that I used to love. And that's when I started getting certifications and coaching and being part of fitness communities. And I loved it. And it was so empowering. It really helped me understand how to manage my life as a busy career, single parent. And so when I started working with other women, I loved focusing on women who are kind of like me those who maybe were going through a change or, you know, couldn't, we're, we're all pretty smart. Like we mostly know that, yeah, eat some more vegetables, drink water, move some more. I mean, <laughs> but the reality of making that happen is difficult when you are working and when you have kids at home and when you have circumstances, like I would travel and, and those are real challenges for people. So I started kind of honing my niche in working with women who needed those types of solutions. Nobody needs more information. I mean, we are so overloaded with information, plus half of it's bad. I'll be yeah. And so when I work with women now, and so I guess fast forward, I was in my job in higher education for about 15 years. And then I decided to start my own business and to do it online because I did have a brief moment where I had a brick and mortar fitness studio. And that was like burnout city. So I'm like, how can I make this more flexible for me and still help women the way that I want to? So I moved into online coaching about three years ago. Love it. I get to work with women from all around the world. I have so much fun doing it. We're really making a difference. Our clients are very successful. And I feel like I'm able to help them just navigate and, and create these really good, healthy lives on their terms with their circumstances. I love that. So can you tell me more about your coaching program, the Body Blueprint? Yeah. So our main one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching program is the Body Blueprint. And really, we focus on education. We focus on solutions. We focus on accountability, but not accountability like I'm going to hold your hand, but someone who's, you know, a lot of times is women were, were super busy and there's really nobody cheering us on. You know, there's no one saying, Hey, you can do this. You got this lady or, or calling us out on our crap, you know, like, Hey, you can do this. Stop making excuses. Let's go. 
So when we work with clients, we set up a one-on-one, it's all online. We, we, I have an app, I have a, um, both an education app and then the fitness portion of the app. And not only do you get the exercise and nutrition, but we focus on the education, like why are we doing this? Because my goal is after you work with us that you have the skills and the knowledge and the ability to implement these things on your own. So there's actually a lot of like five and 10 minute quick videos because, you know, nobody's got time for this, like 30 minutes, <laughs> I know. five and 10 minute videos that help people learn about food and different ways to handle nutrition and exercise and what it looks like to build up your metabolism so that you're eating more than 1200 calories and, and that kind of thing. Um, and then on our app, we're able to deliver exercise programs that fit with our clients needs. So if they work out at home or don't have a lot of equipment, we've got you. If you're traveling to Korea, which I had a client who's just like, yeah, I'm going to be in Korea again. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, it's just a thing. I'm going to go to Korea. So, you know, we create stuff for people to meet them where they are. And then there's a component of just checking in with your coach. There's, there's obviously the informal check-ins and chats and that kind of stuff back and forth. But every couple of weeks we do like a more formal you know, Zoom to Zoom, I say face to face, but it's Zoom to Zoom these days, meeting with the with the clients and, and just helps people stay on track. And we've had just such a great success uh, track record for our clients. They're learning a lot about themselves and they're figuring out that exercise and fitness and health doesn't need to be this big overhauling thing. It can be stuff that you fit into the nooks and crannies of your day so that you're not changing your life to fit exercise or fitness, you're, you're learning how to fit fitness into your life. I love that. That sounds like one hell of a coaching program. We have fun. (laughs) Where can our listeners learn more about the body blueprint or your free health and fitness community? Yeah. The body blueprint is an easy one. You just go to my website, the real slash body blueprint. And then I do have a free Facebook community called Modern Women Getting Fit. And it's just super easy to search for Modern Women Getting Fit. We do a lot of free like coaching sessions. Like last night, we did um, a 30-minute session on how to create a workout for yourself. A lot of stuff is out there for free. And I love creating that community in a place where people can feel safe to ask girl questions, <laughs> you yes. know, be really clear on how they feel. And then if people want us to have a more formal relationship, the body blueprint is a great next step. Sounds so cool. I really, really enjoyed talking with you today, Jennifer. And I know that our listeners did as well. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks, Brandy. I I love talking with you too. Great questions. Thank you for listening to Mom After Hours. That was Jennifer Nagel. If you'd like to learn more about her or the body blueprint, check out the show notes at momafterhours.com forward slash episodes. I want to thank you again for supporting me, for listening and sharing Mom After Hours with your mama friends. Know that I love you. I see you and I support you, girl. Until next time.